You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how the Green Bay Packers get a 25-22 win over the Cincinnati Bengals after one of the most bizarre finishes I have ever seen in a football game or really in any sport. This is a game, let's start here, that you just say, thank God your team won. And the thing about that is the Packers They played well enough to win Uh, and they shot themselves in the foot in some in some really, really inopportune times. And we're going to get to that in a second. Mason Crosby hits the game winner, a 49 yarder, not a gimme field goal by any means. And this is after he missed kick after kick after kick in this game. I mean, absolutely bizarre. This is a guy who had not missed a field goal in 27 attempts and he missed four kicks in this game three field goals and an extra point and I said at the end of the game that it felt like the Packers Mason Crosby had left at the time 10 points on the field and it felt like the Packers should win by about 10 and and that is true you know, the, the the announcers on TV were going nuts for Joe Burrow like he played some great game. I mean, if you if you really look at it, Jamar Chase made an incredible play on a, a pass that Darnell Savage probably should have picked or at least interfered with and, and gotten his hand on the ball. He, he sort of dove past the ball. He dove and the ball went like right under his arm. He mistimed his slap. Could have easily been. I think uh, at least a pass breakup at the end of the half. And and instead of worrying about this end of the game, the Packers just, they win it kind of easily. Other than that, I mean, he was turning the ball over. He had two interceptions, including what should have been the game losing interception in overtime to Devondre Campbell, a terrific play more on Devondre Campbell coming up, but the Packers outgained the Bengals by a hundred yards They outgained them per play by almost two yards, 7.4 yards per play for the Packers offense, 7.4 yards per play by the Packers offense. That is unbelievable offense. And they came away with 25 points. They came away with 25 points. Devontae Adams, 11 catches for 206 yards and a touchdown. His first 200 yard game ever. Aaron Jones, had the 57-yard chunk run that sets up uh, a score for the Packers. 14 carries for 103 yards for him. And A.J. Dillon, 15 touches, 79 yards. They were your big dogs in this game. Aaron Rodgers, 344 and two scores in this game, although I thought that he he was a little off to start the game, settled in, and, and really, and at one point he, he had completed 20 of 22. It was really dialed in and, and making plays. The Packers played well enough to win. They they almost didn't a couple of different times, in part because of Mason Crosby. 
And I don't think we should take that and say, okay, well, this, this game means something because of that. And, and Bill Barnwell had the, had, the, had the stat and he tweeted it. I retweeted it. If you go back to 2018 against the Lions, you remember this game, Mason missed four field goals and an extra point. He finished that season. That was early in the year around this time. He went 19 of 21 the rest of the way on field goals, 25 of 25 on extra points. That was 2018. And then in 2020, you know, had had that season in 2018. uh, You know, the Packers weren't great, but Mason Crosby was awesome. You want to talk about beating CJ Beathard? Great. Mason Crosby game winning field goal. Just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Mason Crosby hits the the game winner against the 49ers. I am not going to have any qualms about sending Mason Crosby out there for an important kick in the future. And I don't don't think Matt LaFleur is either. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is. I think they have faith in Mason Crosby. Now, if this means they go a little more aggressive in in opponent territory and, and on third and eight are fine getting six so that they can go for it on fourth down rather than kick it. That's totally fine with me. You don't don't feel like you have to force it to get the first down, knowing that you're going to kick on on fourth down on on those third down play calls. Don't feel like you have to do that. Now, you you hope to avoid those situations in general, and and you're not always going to be able to do that. So you hope that you can marry your play calling with your approach there. For the Packers in this game, they... They let it be this close for two big reasons. Their situational defense was not good. And offensively, this was not a great game. They opened the game with a great first series. I mean, they didn't score, but I loved the scripting. I loved the creativity in the run game. Matt LaFleur was was dialing up some interesting things. And then... It started to break down and then all of a sudden they found the rhythm again. And really for most of the game, they moved the ball. I mean, they moved the ball on on basically every drive that they had, even even their punts. Um they they were able to move the ball with the exception of one punt in the first half when they gained 0 yards that first drive, they moved the ball. On the interception drive, they had started to move the ball. Aaron Rodgers got a little aggressive. But then the rest of the way, their drive chart, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, end of half, field goal, field goal, missed field goal, missed field goal, missed field goal, field goal. They were in a position to score basically every time they touched the ball against a defense that had been playing well, against a defense that by DVOA was much better, by the way, than the Packers defense. And it is... Pretty remarkable that they were able to do all of that. Cincinnati fifth in DVOA. Fifth. 11th against the pass, sixth against the run. Fifth in defensive DVOA. This has been an elite defensive team to start the season. And Green Bay, without David Bakhtiari, without Elton Jenkins, without Josh Myers, the entire preferred left side of their offensive line, on the road, without Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they played I thought really good offense overall to put up the kind of yardage totals, yards per play totals that they did to move the ball at will. Seemingly they hit big plays. Devontae Adams had the chunk play. Aaron Jones had the chunk play. Rogers made some really nice throws 
and and AJ Dillon had a had a little break off run. I mean, offensively, this team is is finding gears even without their top offensive lineman, and that says a lot about this team, the quality and their resolve. There's still some issues with the play calling. There's still some issues with the approach. And I go back to 1914. It's the second half. Green Bay had just settled for a field goal. They force a punt by the Bengals. And it feels like if you can score a touchdown here, the game is over because Green Bay's defense was really playing well. You know, the one Jamar Chase hiccup aside, they had been really playing well. You hit the 59-yarder to Devontae Adams. It's first and goal at the six. And your next couple plays, it's Dylan up the middle, Dylan up the middle. And then you you have an incomplete. And and it's just like, well, what do you what are we doing here? This was this was playing not to lose. It was a, a cowardly group of plays. That's what it was. It was playing not to lose. It was, okay, well, you can make it an eight-point game here with the field goal, so let's not try anything. This was the best schemed offense in the red zone last year. They were unstoppable. They had a whole meme about it. It was the gold zone. I love gold, all that stuff. They were unbeatable down there. And they settled for two field goals in that area, in this game. You just can't do that. And one inside the 10. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. You cannot settle for field goals inside the 10, especially when you have a chance to put this game away. And then, on the other side of it, they were not aggressive enough there, trying to score a touchdown, knowing they've got the field goal in their back pocket. Then, it's 22-22. Right? You get down to the 18. AJ Dillon up the middle for a yard. And then it's pass pass. When they should have it's there's two minutes left. The Bengals are gonna want to get the ball back. Even if you make the field goal, you're gonna give Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who have, I wouldn't say cut you up, but but you know Chase is a walking big play. So why are you leaving all of this time? Now, the first pass I thought was defensible. They go play action and you try and get something. Didn't work. And then they had Devontae Adams for a touchdown. Rodgers not able to get it to him. But in those situations, I thought that was a little overly aggressive when the conservative play was actually the right call. Make them take those timeouts. The Bengals, they they had a chance at the end to win it, but they almost didn't because they managed the clock so poorly. I mean, they they did not play with urgency. They got they were getting tackled inbounds. Green Bay actually played that really well and forced them to try and make a 57-yard field goal at the end. But I I didn't understand handling it that way. And this is so far feeling very much like 2019 in that these are not impressive wins. But you've got a banged up team. That's part of the reason. You've got a really banged up team. And so to go out and gut out a win like this, to get it, you're you're never going to apologize for a win like this. Never. Never. This win counts. You're 4-1. Go beat the Bears. You're 5-1. 
I don't care who plays. You hope that you can get Josh Myers back next week. You hope that you can get Elton Jenkins back and you feel like, okay, you should beat the Bears and they should. You go on the road in Cincinnati and beat a team with the winning record, albeit I think a little bit of a smoke and mirrors team. You have to you have to take it. You have to feel good about that part of it. There is plenty to clean up here. We have not seen them hit their stride. Now, I don't think we can have expected them to do that because of the injuries. But some of these guys, you might not get back. You might not get Zadaria Smith back. You might not get Jair Alexander back. So you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. And the, the, the Packers, you know, they they came out last year like a house of fire. And they were slinging it around the yard. Now, offense in general was up last year. And this year, everything has been a close game so far. So, okay, maybe part of that is, is you know, just you wrap that in there. But I, I just... This team has not clicked and coalesced the way that we thought they would with all the continuity that they have and all of their ability to to say, okay, the institutional part of this is something that we can rely on. We just haven't seen any evidence of that so far. And that's that's an issue. That's an issue. Now, you can find that down the way. And, and a big reason why you don't have that continuity is you don't actually have the continuity because a lot of those key guys are out. But this team, you know, these are games that that if you had all your guys, you would feel like you, you should win by 10 by 14. And with the exception, really, of the Lions game, the Packers have not played anything resembling a complete game with complimentary football so far. Now, I think the 49er game was close. They got they got really unlucky with some. With some, uh, you know, things that they can't control, like bad officiating. That was they played pretty well in that game on both sides of the ball. This defense played a play. We're going to talk about the defense in a second. I think the offense is getting there, but they're still situationally not what they were last year. You hope David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, when those guys get healthy, that you can hit that stride in the second half. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for some other stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, sports, movies, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? No annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your Direct TV together with Direct TV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. If you're like me, just about every day you stare into your cabinet going, I don't have anything good in the house. If you're a cheesehead, you probably love cheese as much as you love the green and gold. You know how the best part of the grilled cheese sandwich is the cheese that melts off in the pan and gets crunchy? Well, just the cheese made a bar out of just that. That's why I started snacking on just the cheese. Just the Cheese brings you cheese, 100% cheese with no fluff or filler like you've never had it before as a salty baked snack. It's cheese and crackers, but without the crackers, which also means without the unnecessary carbs. My favorite is the jalapeno. Cheesy, spicy, it's kind of it's kind of like a, a potato chip, except it's not, and it's not bad for you like 
a potato chip. No complicated recipes or almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating health food. Just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you that great taste of Wisconsin cheese and the crackle of a cracker. Support two, two Midwest businesses by getting just the cheese at Quick Trip. So let's talk about this defense. And I know no one wants to talk about this defense. No. Um, Defensively, there are a lot of really good things happening. There are a lot of positive changes going on with the defense. They created pressure on Joe Burrow regularly in this game. And when they did, they were able to affect him. They hit Joe Burrow eight times in this game. They only sacked him three, but it seemed like more. And the defensive line really, really played well. And that sets up your Adrian Amos interception. You flush Joe Burrow out, try to get him to, to make a play, and he floats one to Adrian Amos. On, on the Devondre Campbell interception, that was anxiety. He, he gets back there. He hits his back foot. He expects Tyler Boyd to come inside. And he feels like he has to get the ball out because this Packers front had been getting after him. And they had. They forced two interceptions in this game. And they, I thought, play to play were extremely good. They held Joe Mixon to 33 yards on 10 carries. And although I said, you know, situational football has been a problem this season, the Bengals were five of 14 on third down. And at one point, they were one of eight. One of eight. And then they then they converted one and then the Packers got to stop. It was really late in the game when they started to convert some of those third downs on that last drive to tie the game. They gave some up. But situationally in the red zone. I mean, the, the Bengals had scored made it 17 straight opponents to score in the red zone. It, it, that that part of it has to stop. It has to stop. They have to be more aggressive in the red zone. They continue to play this sort of no big play defense where everything is in front. And it's like, well, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to get beat over the top. So why do you continue to play so soft? And it's not like quarters in the red zone is a bad idea, but there has to be a mindset change. It can't just be everything in front and rally to tackle because if you're giving up five yards on every play, all of a sudden they're in the they're in the the end zone. So I they're they're showing good aggressiveness. I think Joe Barry has done a very good job mixing fronts and showing pressure and dropping out and and showing no pressure and bringing some. They did a good job disguising what they wanted to do to Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow read it a lot of the time and made made some good throws, but he, they also made Joe Burrow make some throws where you're just like, who is that to Joe? What is that about? And and the the softest they played, where they had a sort of mush rush cover, you know, um, rush two ish. That was the play to Jamar Chase. Now do, I still think Darnell Savage would tell you that he probably makes that play if he, if you throw that pass ten times, but he didn't. That is a situational play. Two minute, two minute offense has been easy pickings against the Packers. The red zone offense has been easy pickings against the Packers. And those are things that you would hope are fixable, that they're things that will regress over time. But you're you're watching them going, why would it change? Why would it change? Because it's an approach problem. 
Now, I don't I don't want it to all be bad. They held the Bengals to 22 points. Like I said, five of 14 on third down. Um, 5.6 yards per play is is not a terrible number. And and then the turnovers, the QB hits, the pressures. They're playing the right kind of defense for this team. And to do it, no Jair Alexander. Kevin King got hurt in this game. Rasul Douglas, who they brought in, not able to get up to speed in time. You would expect if Kevin King can't go, he's going to get a good chance to play next week against the Bears. And Jalen Smith, who they brought in, you know, Chris Barnes got hurt in the game temporarily. Devondre Campbell got hurt in the game temporarily. They both came back. But Jalen Smith might have might have had a chance to, to play in those games, and they didn't. They didn't. And so to, to do what they did... To create the turnovers, you needed Adrian Amos to make a play. We had not seen a lot from Amos this year. Started off slow. Now he started off slow last year. And then by the end of the year, you're talking about one of the best safeties in football. Darnell Savage was flying around the field, but he had the one play that he messed up. And this is like, you know, it's like offensive linemen. Corners are like offensive linemen in that you can win 50 of your battles. But if you lose two, they could be the two that cost you the game. I thought Eric Stokes played really well. They they were shadowing him on Jamar Chase for parts of this game. The one the one quote unquote bad play was when he missed the tackle on an underneath route and and Chase turned it, you know, turned a 5-yard gain into a 15-yard gain. The back shoulder throw, what are you supposed to do? It's a perfect play. You you heated up Joe Burrow. You you got him off his spot. You made him make a throw under pressure. And he made a beautiful back shoulder throw. Jamar Chase makes a great play in tight coverage. I mean, Eric Stokes is there. Chase just makes the play. Stokes had coverage on another deep ball that Burrow wildly underthrew. Maybe if Stokes turns around, that's an interception. But he made a couple nice plays on the ball. Had a PBU that Chase turned into a catch. Had another actual PBU. Had a great tackle on the sidelines. Kevin King had a couple nice tackles in this game. They were ham and egging it. They were making it work. And this defensive front, if Kenny Clark is going to keep playing this dominant, Preston Smith got a sack in this game. Rashawn Gary would have had a sack on Joe Burrow if not for the holding call. He got tackled by Quentin Spain. Tackled. Or he is taking Joe Burrow's head off. And Darnell Savage, it looked like he knocked Joe Burrow out of the game. He was flying around and, and making tackles, making plays. You love to see him making those tackles. This defense is different when they have Chris Barnes. I think that's a big deal. The run defense looks solid. Um, the, you know, the one Joe Mixon play, he, he juked Shamar John Charles, not the best, not the best, but that's your, that's your backup, backup, backup corner. Things are going to happen like that when it's Joe Mixon one-on-one in open space. You just hope to avoid those situations. And so the Packers right now are defensively are a lot like my golf game. A lot of pars, a lot of bogeys. And then just like once a nine, it's a blow up hole. It's a seven. It's an eight. And you're just like, ugh. if I could only get those out of my game, I'd really feel good about where my game was. And I think that's where the Packers are. Down to down, play to play. They're making pars. They're making bogeys. Maybe the occasional birdie had a couple birdies in this game, a couple interceptions. Get You get off the field on third down, third down stop on the first drive. On the, on the QB sneak, Kenny Clark making plays. If they can get Jair, get Jair back, and, and Adam Schefter provided a little bit of clarity on this, although it took, it took me getting some additional clarity after talking to some people about the clarity on the clarity. 
So the situation with Jair is they are going to wait a couple weeks, indeterminate amount of time, two or three weeks, somewhere in there. See if the shoulder is healing. And if it is, then you put together a plan. Okay, it's healing. We think he'll be you know, good to go in whatever, a couple weeks. He can play in a sling. He can play in a shoulder harness, you know, whatever these things. Not a, not like a sling, but the shoulder harnesses that they wear. We'll see if, if that's an option. Or it could be, well, it's not really healing. You need to have surgery. So go. And, and what I was told was if you, if you just wait two weeks, three weeks, you wait a little bit, swelling goes down, you're able to get some more scans in there and see what's going on. You'll you'll know if it's going to heal versus needing surgery. It's not the kind of thing because I was just sort of like, why are we waiting? Why you you know why wait or why not wait? Excuse me. Why why go right to why jump right to surgery? Why just wait two or three weeks? And the response was well because you'll know in two or three weeks what the situation is. So. Everyone's on the same page, it seems like, um, and I, I think they're good there. We just we don't really know what to, to think about the timeline for JR right now. Luckily, Eric Stokes is playing really well. And it was not Eric Stokes who gave up a bunch of plays to, to, to Jamar Chase. There was the big play, the 70-yarder. Otherwise, play to play, the defense was good. And, and Eric Stokes, you know, the incredible play that, that Chase made in overtime it's just, an, it's just a guy making an incredible play. Jamar Chase is going to be a superstar receiver. It's going to happen. But the fact that you feel comfortable putting him out there, matching him at times on Chase, I think that shows a lot of confidence in your rookie. I hope that the, the rookie, you know, sort of receives that confidence and allows, allows himself to be imbued by it. And, and we'll see what that means for him and, and this defense moving forward. But they still, they've got to find a way. They've got to find a way to ham and egg it because they're not going to have Z for a while. They're not going to have Jair for a while. So the other guys have to be stepping up. And that's what you're seeing on the interior. TJ Slayton had a had a sack today. Dean Lowry played a really good game. If Dean Lowry's playing well, this defense can really do something because Kenny Clark is just a monster. He's healthy and doing stuff. Rashawn Gary plays his butt off. And Preston Smith, he's making a play a game now in the passing game. A, a key play. Had a big time sack in a key spot against the Bengals. So they're finding guys to give them plays. That's what they need in the red zone. They need a little bit more aggressive approach. And they need to be, they need to be flying around. And that's what they've been doing. So if you can just tighten up, avoid those blow-up holes, avoid those triple bogeys. And it's not always big plays, it's momentous plays, and not even in, a, in the sense of momentum. But but plays in big spots, plays that lead to points, two minute drives. I mean, that's that's so demoralizing to give up a 70 yard touchdown with 30 seconds left. I mean, that's brutal. Same kind of thing happening against the 49ers with no time left. So you have to tighten those things up. And that was a problem, by the way, Mike Patton. You know, if you want to point to one play why Mike Patton is not the defensive coordinator this year, it's the Kevin King play. Just can't have that. Those kinds of things situationally you hope can regress a little bit in the red zone and that you can just play a little bit better and, and hope that, that that is enough. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, our limited time flavor, cookie dough chunk 
unbelievable. All of these are so, so good. And the, the flavors run the gamut. You like chocolate chocolate, they've got a double chocolate. You like extreme decadence, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. You like fruit with your chocolate. Generally speaking, I don't, but guess what? I love these flavors. The cherry, really good. Cherry barcia, so good. Raspberry, really, really good. And they're all covered in 100% chocolate. That, that I think helps. Anything covered in chocolate, I'm pretty much in on. But it's not just the chocolate, right? Because it's low in net carbs, low in sugar, high in fiber, high in protein. So it tastes delicious and is actually fuel for your body. Right now, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And I want to thank everyone who makes Lockdown Packers their first listen every day. Thank you so much. Make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available on all platforms. We've got another monster week for the Packers. They get a win that they'll never apologize for. It will count they are 4-1, and one, and they have a sizable lead now in the division. They've got Chicago. They've got Washington coming up. These are games that you got to win while your guys aren't healthy because then you've got the Cardinals. You've got the Chiefs. The Seahawks game seems a little bit easier now. Um, Vikings and Rams before you finish the, the, the season. Bears, Ravens, Browns. And then Vikings, Lions. So the, you've got to get healthy. You've got to get a little fat even on these next couple of games. And if you can, if you know, you get to five and one, six and one before that Arizona game, KC, those are going to be really tough games, probably without some of your horses, you know, that, that gives you a little bit more of a buffer of a window to say, okay, these are not droppable. You never want to say this is a losable game, but it hurts you less if you lose them to a quality opponent. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Subscribe to The Leap. 